We had an, a great conversation today with Kaysen and Claire Larson, who are the founders of Errand. And they are doing some really cool things. They talked about being in the thick of it and responding to some customer calls at two in the morning. But Kaysen had some really good advice and he actually got this from Claire because he was studying for pre-med and Claire just told him, hey, you have these great ideas, just jump in and do it. And so that was Kaysen's advice for entrepreneurs out there. If you're mulling over an idea and you're having a hard time getting going, he said, just jump in with both feet, man. Yeah, in fact, she said, you're going to suck as a doctor, so let's have you be an entrepreneur instead. <laughs> I love a that. funny one. Sometimes we need that feedback. Exactly. Though. Straight well, to the point. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. We certainly enjoyed uh, interviewing them. Okay, for listeners, um, they said that they would give you a discount, so you need to put in the discount code um, when you check out at goerrand.com, MIDNIGHT, in all caps, and they'll give you a discount on your first errand. Go check it out. Enjoy the show. Okay, it's AJ and Jake here with the Midnight Founders Podcast once again. Today in studio, we have Kaysen and Claire Larson from Erend, and we're so excited to have you guys here today. This is so cool. Yeah. We're, we're excited to be here. We're so excited. This is so awesome. Fresh off it. a big win. Yeah, they took <laughs> first place in the Rev Road Entrepreneur Competition last Saturday, just four days ago. Yeah. How are you feeling? Have you come off that high yet? I mean, um, honestly, it's just great validation to see that other people think your business and your idea is as cool as you do. Well, and the biggest thing is we we've applied for other competitions in the past few months and they haven't accepted us. So the whole time we've been like, man, I feel like we've got a good product, but it's not nobody's really looking at it like that. So to have this happen with Rev Road, it's like the validation that we need, you know. Absolutely. But it's going places. So you go from not getting into the competitions to winning the entire thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there was 36 contestants. They, they didn't know what they were missing out. <laughs> yeah. And a hundred and over 140 applicants. So, I mean, you guys, that's pretty cool. That's validation if I've ever heard it. Yeah. So. Yeah. We were really excited about it. Absolutely. Well done. So you took the check and, and hopefully you got it cashed and everything's good to go. Yep. Absolutely. We got the big check up on our wall now. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't Coming try and day. take the big one into the bank and cash that one. <laughs> no, we wanted to. Was that you that told us to go do that? <laughs> yeah, I would have. I'm yeah. sure that would have worked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's the check sponsored by Central Bank and CB Vault. So we're excited that uh, it's all kind of working together in this in this podcast right here right now with everyone involved. Yeah, I'm For glad sure. we could get you guys out here. Also, I heard that you just closed a round. So that's got to be some validation as well. For uh, sure. Beyond just a competition, the getting people invested in your idea, I'm sure, has been a really fun ride, but also challenging. So can you, can you talk about that? Yeah, I mean, you say validation. And yes, it is validation to some extent. But I remember six months ago when we were, when we were running our beta test, and we're like, hey, we need to raise money so that we're not making zero money, we don't have any marketing money, and we're not doing anything with it. This Once we raise money, it will just mean everything's going great. Everything's going to be fine. And it's kind of like that destination happiness. But then as soon as we raise the money and we close the round, we're like, oh my gosh, now they're, now we're just even more stressed. Now right. we've got, now we got to deliver. Now we've got, to, well, yeah, we were delivering <laughs> before, sure. but now, now it's like, okay, now we've got 15 people. We've got almost a million dollars that we need to deliver on. It's more stress on us. And I don't know. I think that's one thing I've learned in these past few months is you cannot look at the next milestone and say, I'll be happy then, or that's when I will reach my goals and be happy because it's, there's always going to be more stresses, always going to be more things, more hurdles, but you just got to enjoy the ride. Definitely. So cool. 
Well, where we typically like to start in these podcasts is take us back to the beginning. Where did this entrepreneur bug start and how did this uh, begin? Oh, man. <laughs> Casey's like, what am I going to talk about? I know, so I'll, I'll tell my portion of the story, then Claire <laughs> will give you hers. Yeah, we probably need to hear two perspectives. <laughs> the right? quick version. You go for it. So I was a pre-med student at BYU studying microbiology. I needed to fill three credits of a class, so I took an entrepreneurship class and fell in love with it immediately. I, I was validating ideas every week. I was going to Costco and talking with people in the parking lots just because our teacher told us that's what we should do if you have any ideas. And I just loved it. And I had a few ideas. None of them really stuck. So I actually just ended up saying, you know what, I'm going to, I'm just going to go back to doing pre-med because it's a lot easier for me. I feel like I can study and just get it done. And then I met Claire and she, two months into our marriage, came up to me and she's like, Kason, I'm going to sit you down. I'm going to tell you this truth. Don't be offended but you're going to be a way better businessman than a doctor. <laughs> the honest, in a nice so, way. In a the nice, honest in feedback. In a nice way possible. Don't be a doctor. You're well, going to be way better. Well, because he had all these ideas and he was so passionate, but then he had to spend all his time studying for Ochem. I'm like, you know, like you, you love to have it all, but, you know, you kind of got to pick a route. And I can see where your passion lies. You know what I mean? Yeah. So she basically told me I'm going to suck. But no. that's, probably one of the, that's probably one of the best things that you'll ever tell him, though. That was probably very pivotal. I, no. I think so. It was. My grades went from 3.9 to 2.2 the next month because... <laughs> Okay, come on, just not just one month. That was, that was a slow Before you had made the switch. You mean. Before I'd made the switch. No, okay. it was very pivotal because as soon as she told me that, it did click in my head. I was super worried about the risk that needed to be taken, not having any money but trying to start a business and let alone a tech business where we have no tech background. Well, also, you got to tell him that I didn't just tell him to give up on his dream of being a doctor for no reason. He had an idea and there was some validation there. The original idea was a kid Uber service, essentially, to, you know, get someone that we vetted that was like someone of, you know, a high quality person to pick up your kid and take him to soccer practice, take them home from school. And it had a lot of validation. People were interested in it. But when it came to actually executing, there was a lot of liability for one. I mean, I don't know how either of you would feel. I don't know if either of you have kids. We don't have kids yet. But he's the oldest of five. I'm the oldest of three. So that made sense. And we were like, okay, what can we do to save parents time? I'll let you take it. Yeah, that was exactly. She's like, this, this is a great idea that you have, but what's your ultimate goal? What are you trying to accomplish? And I was like, well, I just want to save people time. Like in driving kids, that's what my mom did her whole life. So that's where I think you can save time. And she's like, yeah, but think about everything else. Think about going to the post office. Think about doing returns. Think about taking your stuff to the DI. Think about all those hours you spend in a car doing those things, why can't we tackle that? And then that's when it just kind of clicked. I was like, okay, you're, you're right. And then luckily she has a marketing background and she's worked with startups in the past. So this marriage could not have been any better because she told me what I should be doing. I said, okay, let's do it. And then she just kind of paved the way and I, Don't I give just, me that I much just came along for the ride. Yeah. No, yeah, it was just like, you know, there's a bunch of other things that are taking away people's time. Let's tackle those. And that's where we started with, like you were saying before, was originally we called it Izzy, kind of wanting to kind of go off like Siri or Alexa, like call an Izzy to do it, kind of like your personal assistant. But then we realized it's a lot more straightforward just to say what we do. So that's where the name Erend was born. And we did a little rebrand and it's just been an uphill battle, but it's been really going super well ever since then. Yeah. Very cool. 
So when did that happen, the rebrand? February. Yeah. Yeah, we initially, well, it was probably February, March. We initially started really beta testing at the beginning of the year in January, and the rebrand came along in February. Very cool. And what she's not saying, too, is after we decided we were going to go for it, it was it was in that moment where we're like, hey, we just got to do it. So she went, she built a website. We went and found 10 customers. They were all family. And then we found 10 drivers, errand runners is what we call them now. And they were all family also. And we just said, hey, we have this little website. Go use it. Book any errand you need done. We don't know what you'll use it for, but we just want to see what you can come up with. And in that first month, with our 10 family and friends, we did like 50 or 60 errands. We're like, okay, kind of cool. And then all of a sudden, the next month, we had these new people signing on. We're like, okay, how's this happening? And month over month, we just kept growing and we kept having hundreds of new people sign on and book errands with us just from word of mouth. And literally out of nothing, just from us deciding to just take that risk one day came errand where we now have thousands of customers booking errands with us every month. So so what's the premise? For those that don't know Aaron, how does it work? Yeah, so it's pretty simple. Just whenever you need something done, whether it be a you know, post office run, pharmacy, picking up your kid's soccer cleats and bringing it to him at soccer practice, bringing your golf clubs to you at work, no matter what it is, errand you can get on. You put the pickup location and drop-off location and any other like additional information for your errand runner, and you can essentially send them off to do whatever you need, kind of like your own personal assistant that you can call up on demand. Like a DoorDash, but for errands. Yeah. Very simply Easy put. way to explain it. <laughs> and What's it's the all... craziest request you've had yeah, on there you go. so far? <laughs> what is? We Giant had... tire? Oh, yeah. We had a trucker that like... His tire those, popped. Yeah, yeah. Like those huge 16-wheel semi-trucks that... <clears throat> Found us, searched us, called us, and said, hey, I need you to pick up a giant tire for me and bring it to me in Tooele. said, all right, I cool. guess we can do that. So we texted a runner. He went and picked it up, this giant old tire, <laughs> took it to him in Tooele, and it worked. And now he uses us like on a monthly basis, uh, on a weekly basis. So yeah. there's no limitations, essentially. There's really no limitations. I need you to go coach my kids' soccer game. <laughs> I know, that's what people are saying. From it's point like, A to point B, anything yeah. that you have to pick something up and take it to them. So we're going to have a feature on our app where you can choose like the size of car that you need. At this point, it's just bootstrapping it. If something comes in and we need a big car, we find a big car and we get it done. So, you know, any founder can relate that you kind of need to do that kind of thing at the start. But I guess there would be limitations if, you know, if you need something gigantic, like a huge couch, there would probably have to be a little bit more talking in between that to figure out how we would do that. But yeah, essentially we can do pretty much anything. So does that, do you go on an app and then you're submitting your, your request via app or is it all uh, no, so website right now? Right now it's just through our website. Okay. We just have, we have that built. Our, our now CTO, Scott, built that for us and everybody goes through there. Our app has been under development for the past four months and will be done in the next month. And then we're hoping to launch November sometime with so the app. So is it kind of like Uber where you get like a timetable of how quick it's going to happen? Live updates, yeah. Okay, awesome. And, and then, that happens with, with text, or how does that happen? Yeah, it's just in-app messaging and notifications. So basically, when you get on and book, you can say, I want this done right now ASAP, or you can schedule it out for a time during the day or days in advance, weeks in advance, and you'll just get live notifications of your the status of your errand. How cool. Is yeah. it affordable? I mean, is it pretty inexpensive? Yeah, uh, basic errand is seven ninety nine. 
And then if they go outside of a certain radius, I think it's up to seven, eight miles. If it's beyond that, you pay 75 cents per mile, and that's just covering the driver's costs. And then the driver just gets paid per minute and per mile that they that they drive or that they work. Yeah. Cool. So not so too crazy. Right now, you're you're turning a pretty good profit doing and using that model. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we run just on every errand. We run a little over a 40% margin on the errand. Fantastic. On every errand that gets booked. Yeah. And what's really interesting is we find that our customers tip a lot better than some of the other services, uh, gig economy services like DoorDash and Uber. And we, we've we asked them why, and they say just because they feel like it's a life-saving um, service. They're like, oh, like I couldn't get this done, and you guys did it for me. Not so much. It is a luxury, but for a lot of people, it's like, I need this to happen now. I'll pay you 100 bucks to get this ha- you know, to get this done. And they're like, oh, someone will do it for me for $7.99. So they're willing to tip a lot higher. So our drivers are making more and then we're running pretty good margins at the same time. So we've kind of found a sweet spot. So the biggest advantage to your service is, hey, you could get it done right now if you really need it done right now. Yeah. So it's a convenience factor, really. Exactly. And the fact that it can be anything. Like who would have thought that there's somebody that can literally go pick up your spouse's laptop from home and take it to them at work? Or... Somebody that left their kid left their lunch at home and you don't want to drive it to them at school. Like this is just something that nobody has really thought of. Like, I don't think I need that. I don't need a service for this, but it's so annoying and I don't want to do it. And now that we've been able to kind of bridge that gap and say, we will take anything anywhere at any time. People are just super creative with, with this. And it's very convenient for them. Like we had a mom the other day that her, her sister or her somebody needed a pack and play crib and she didn't have one, but her, she, well, she had one at home, but her sister didn't. So she called us to go pick up the pack and play crib and take it to her in park city because that's a pain to drive from Draper to park city, but you can pay X amount to get someone else to do it for you. So it's just really helping people value their time and put a number to their time. Cause when people understand what their time is worth, it's almost a no brainer for a lot of people. Mm especially if they're working. Yeah, it's like you can be two places at once. Yeah. Exactly. Have that as one of your ads. That's actually, yeah. right as I you like said, that. I'm like, that would be a great market. Yeah. Want to be two places Campaign. at once or need to be two places at once. I love, I love it. Yeah. That's like cool. It is. Thank you. And that's that's really affordable. That's way less than I would have expected. Yeah. Same. With gas, is, you know, gas prices going up and everything, I, I don't know how you're pulling off that kind of margin. That's cool. I can't tell you how many times I get somewhere and I'm like, crap. I left that at the house. <laughs> exactly. It's my wallet every single day. <laughs> I forgot wallet. my wallet yeah. again. <laughs> you know? And cool. we've had stuff like that. Pick up my keys, pick up my wallet. Bring I'm it at to me. the airport. I forgot my passport. Someone oh, needs gosh. to bring it to me. My neighbor will let you in. I'm about to take off to Europe and I can't go back. <laughs> you're right. You know, you Literally. don't think about all the things you could, you know, use this for until you're in the moment. Then you're like, wow, I could use this for a lot of things. Totally. Right. Yeah. Well, um, as part of your rebrand, I've noticed that you've kind of gone, and this is coming from a branding guy, right? But yeah. I've noticed you've gone with kind of a 1950s look a little bit. Yeah. I mean, yeah. tell us why and, and how that came about and what that means. Yeah, that's that's a great question. So I really like just something that catches your eye. Like the blue is super bright. It's fun. The Aaron logo is, um, I don't know, you've seen it. It's mm-hmm. the E with the little lines across it, kind of like you're in a rush or you're going, like Aaron runners are going, going, going. As far as the 50s branding, that's actually interesting you bring that up because I was like, I don't want to come across like 
were saying like like bring it back to the 50s like one person belongs in the home like I don't like I don't know if you're understanding kind of the vibe I'm saying but we ended up really liking it we have these little mascots that kind of tag on to everything so the thought was more just what's something out there super bright that's going to catch people's attention because a lot of tech companies are really slick right it's slick, it's to the point, it's, you know, it looks really cool. We're like, what's something fun? Like that's gonna catch people's attention. The branding's fun, the videos are fun. Like who's gonna follow our Instagram account? Not just because they like our business, but because we're posting fun content. They like the branding, the mascots are cute. Our apparel that we're making right now is really fun. People might even buy it just because it's cute and they'd wanna wear it around. Mm -hmm. That was kind of the idea. In short, what yeah. would you say? No, yeah, you're you're the marketing genius. No. That's <laughs> marketing genius. That's exactly, I'll, I'll take it, but no. that's exactly why. Yeah. Well, and I noticed it feels comfortable and yeah. it feels trusted, and and I thought maybe that's why you went that route. So yeah. good move. Honestly. Thank you, thank you. Appreciate yeah, it was it. great. It, yeah, very smart. Thank you. Okay, so Kason, before we got started, you said I wish there was a podcast that was telling early stage stories. So <laughs> yeah. let's hear about the trauma that you were going through at that point. You were like pulling your hair out. Oh man. I need somebody. I mean, Claire might be the better one to talk about this because she's my therapist on top of this. Because <laughs> being <clears throat> acting as the CEO and, and one of the co-founders of this company. And honestly, Claire and I have been the ones that have just built it from the ground up. There, like every night, you just have new thoughts. You have new, new fears. One day, you're like, "Oh my gosh, this is going so well!" Like we just signed on a hundred new people today, and then literally within two hours, something goes wrong. You're like, "It's over. Like this makes no sense. Why are we doing this?" And then I'm in the corner, like literally pulling my hair out, saying, "Why am I doing this? I should have just stayed in school. I should have gone. I should have gone to medical school." And then I have Claire over here telling me, "Case, and you're okay. Like <laughs> you'll make it." Just wait until tomorrow and it'll be better. And then literally the next day, it's like, okay, we're good again. You know, so my biggest struggles and stresses are with just the general building of the company and satisfying our customers. I'm very customer oriented and the customer says all. Like we need to be there at their disposal. And I don't know, it's just something I'm always worried about. And I think you do as a founder. You're always up at night thinking, how can we make this accessible to everybody? How do we get this out in front of everybody? When our app launches, what do we need to do? And even though we have everything planned, there's just so many unknowns. And that, that's the scary thing about being in a startup is you just don't know what's going to happen. You could have the best idea ever, but if you don't execute it correctly, it could fail. Or you could have one of the worst ideas ever, but the execution's just great and it does awesome. So it's so the true. So true. Yeah, it's just, it's the unknowns for me that, that stress me out, which is good why I have Claire here because she's very much more level-headed. Like, okay, you don't need to think about those things. Let's focus, take it one step at a time. And one thing that we actually started doing that really helped me with that was every single day I'd sit down and I'd write down what my three goals for the day were and then what they were going to accomplish for me in like a five-year perspective. I don't know if I'm explaining that correctly, but like my five-year goals are okay. We want to have 100,000 customers on errand in five years. So what am I going to do today to get to that goal? So I just break it down into smaller pieces. And breaking it down into those smaller pieces really brings it all together for me so I can really focus on what needs to be done at that time. Because I think as a founder, you're always thinking about the big picture where it's good to do that and you need to, but you need to bring it back and scale it down a little bit and think about what's happening right then. Because if you think about something 
like, oh, I'm going to make this company. I'm going to create this company and have millions of people in five years. That's very daunting. And it seems impossible. But if you break it down day by day, then it just makes it much more easy to get through and to actually be successful. I don't know what you would say to that. Just don't look at the mountain in front of you. Just focus on the next step, I think is definitely what we've been trying to focus on. Yeah. Well, we missed, and I'm just realizing you're so level-headed in all this, Claire. So did you come from an entrepreneurial background? Was your family that way? What, what is your journey? We didn't, we didn't. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great question. Oh, my dad's in sales. He does really well, but he worked for a corporation. He still works for um, a big um, biotech company. So wasn't really much risk there. Um, I think as far as the level-headedness goes, I grew up as a competitive gymnast being coached by Russians. It was just a very high pressure situation. So I think I had to learn how to keep my cool and how to kind of, you know, yeah, keep my cool, I guess is the best way to put it from a really young age. So, I mean, and not to say that I don't have my breakdowns too. I think we both do, but um, I think that definitely helped. And he helps me when I'm feeling hectic and vice versa. So yeah, it's just I a good know. partnership. Yeah, it's a good partnership. When one stress, sure. the other one is fine. And I'm just an optimist at the end of the day. It might almost be to a fault because I'm like, you know, like things are great. Like this is awesome. Like I see all of the things that went awesome that day and he sees the things that went wrong. Like the website was down for one customer. They texted us. We were able to book with them over text because, you know, tech stuff, who knows? And then I see, oh, well, we got a new customer. You know what I mean? So it's just kind of, I see the good side of it and then he sees the negative and then we collaborate. Well, I'm like, okay, yeah, you're right. We need to make sure the website's better. And then he's like, okay, you're right. At least we got a, a couple new customers, you know? So we, we balanced each other out in that way yes, for sure. For sure. Very cool. How did you guys meet? I'm just curious. So we actually grew up near each other in Davis County. We went to the same high school, but we never spoke. I played basketball and soccer. She was a cheerleader. So I always saw her, always thought she was super cute, but she just never thought anything of me. That's, mm, I don't know. I don't know about that. I, I was telling my friends, I said, tell that kid to call me or follow me or do something. And either they never told him or he never acted because we didn't end up actually connecting and hanging out until after we both uh, were at BYU. So... And then, yeah, once we started dating, it was it was a quick one, your typical BYU story. We started dating, we're engaged within seven months and married in nine months. So very basic of us, but <laughs> wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> Looks like it's working well for you. Oh, yes. Definitely. It definitely is. Love it. Um, okay, so <clears throat> you guys are getting to a point, I think you said you're you're looking at raising another round. What's the next step for... For Aaron, would you say? Yeah. So we were able to close that pre-seed round. We have that money that's allocated to our our app development and then our marketing that we're going to be launching here soon. Um, when the app launches, we're going to have about three months of a testing period just here in Utah to really fine-tune that tech, make sure everything's working how we need it to. And then after those three months, we're going to go out and raise a seed round so that we can take this outside of Utah into the masses, because we see that with a company like this in a gig economy marketplace, you it's, it's all about the speed that you can take it to market and how efficient you can be with that. So we can't sit back and relax and just kind of let it grow on its own. We need to really push it. And we see that. So those are kind of our next steps. We, we want to fine tune it here in Utah with our customer base we have. And then, I mean, each week we have people outside of Utah booking without us doing any marketing at all. So yeah. had an influencer and just, post and then there was like four people that booked in New York. We're like, oh, 
okay, haven't had this problem before, better go on the website and set like a geographical boundary for this. We had like refund people their money. Luckily they were very gracious about it, but it's cool because we're like, oh my gosh, like there's people that would use this. I need this, yeah. I need this. Saw someone's Instagram post and just wait for it. And obviously you can't you can't support them because you don't have the infrastructure. Exactly. I don't there. have any errand runners in New York yeah. to send them out to. I'm like, maybe if this is New Jersey, I got some family out there I could send out to them. But <laughs> yeah. Where is the boundary right now? Anywhere from Ogden to essentially Springville, Spanish Fork. Yeah. We have done certain deliveries where we've gone from like um, Kaysville up to Logan or things like that. But so you can go outside of that, but like the pickup area. Exactly. It has yeah. to at least start here. Okay. Because that's where we have that's our errand runners. runners yeah. So how not quick, having the travel. How quickly are you trying to grow that? Pretty quick. <laughs> Pretty quickly. Yeah. Like you were saying, when the app's out and we can kind of support that, because right now when an errand gets booked, it'll come to our phones. Like right now, like I just had to text our CTO and say, hey, Scott, you're on errands. We're on a podcast for the next hour or so. So an errand gets booked. It goes to our phones. We text it out to our errand runners and then they take it. Depending on their location, we have different like group chats. So it's very manual. I was going to say, yeah, that's not very automated. No, yeah. not at no. all. So with the app, it will be automated. So we'll be actually be able to scale it. But right now we're almost hesitant to, you know, have a huge influencer post or spend a ton of money on marketing because we would like logistically it wouldn't we would work. Die. We would die. <laughs> yeah, we would just fail. Um, so with the app, we will have the automation. That's when we can really hit the ground running and grow as quickly as we can. So do you have errand runners that are just kind of like waiting for jobs? Are they paid hourly or are they kind of like by the job? They're just, Hey, I want to go do some stuff. No, well, it's interesting because our, the second thing that we're really trying to solve with this business is with DoorDash, Uber Eats and all these gig economy drivers that work for these other companies, they have dead times during the day always. So the bulk of our errand runners actually drive for those other companies too. And then when they see stuff come through with us, they, they typically will accept it because it pays a little bit more, fills in their dead times, and it's just convenient for them. So we're really going after them as our main errand runners. But then we have, I don't know, we have, we have tons of grandparents and yeah, college they're retired. students. They just like to do it on the side. Yeah, college students. And then what I didn't say before, one of our main stresses before was, I mean, we were doing a couple hundred errands a month and we were running all of them. So... It wow, was, that sounds exhausting. It was horrifying. It was. I mean, maybe not quite all of them, but <laughs> we were running a lot of them. At the beginning. Yeah, at the beginning. But we just ran um, a few campaigns for drivers, and we actually have about 6,000 on a waiting list that are ready to go once. 6,000 wow. drivers? Yeah. Are these mostly college kids, or no. are they? No, no it's, it's all over the spectrum. It's all over the place. We ran an yeah. Indeed Call application, just one of those free ones, and it took off. It was wow. crazy. So as far as drivers go, we're good. We just have to up the consumer demand because if we sign on all these drivers right now, they won't only have as much to do. So it's just a fine tuning of growing both the marketplaces at the same time. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. 6,000 in a market where it's very, very hard to find people and yeah. you guys have more people than you know what to do with. Yeah, that's <laughs> well, kind of, that's kind of where I we're at. I think that's just the environment, right? There's so many yeah, people that right. want to have a... Uh, a job with the gig economy just it's flexibility side hustle yeah i like that totally cool. well um you're here on the midnight founders podcast which means that you are cranking away middle of the night you know making things happen when no one knows what's going on right <laughs> yes. yes behind the scenes you guys are putting duct tape everywhere and keeping everything afloat right yes, yes. so give us one of those moments or one of those stories when 
literally, I don't know if it's in the middle of the night or some other time, but you're like, oh, this is so hard. What do we do? Do you want to go? Oh, do you have you one? You have one? I have one. Okay, you go for it. I'll think of one. Well, I just think about, like, let's, just the, a couple weeks ago, I was out handing out flyers until, like, 11 p.m., just because some of our best campaigns are door-to-door flyers, and we don't want to hire anybody to do it yet. Meaning you're knocking on doors No, at that no, time? no, just okay. taping flyers. Okay. <laughs> I was out until 11 p.m. handing out flyers, and then there's been tons of times, like Claire said, where... Our, our errands, when they get booked, it comes straight to us. We've had errands booked at 2 or 3 in the morning. <laughs> that, and I just have my phone wow. on, not on silent. I have it the sound up so it wakes me up. And we've had errands that get booked at 2 a.m. for 6 a.m. the next day. And we're like, oh, my gosh. Okay. Like, we'll get it done or we'll send somebody Let's out go. to do it. Yeah. So that, that's been the biggest stress is we are always up until at least midnight waiting for stuff to get booked because that's when most people finish booking their errands. And then up at 6 a.m. because that's when our – our errands that's when it need starts up again. Yeah. You know, so I think I think that's probably that that's my story of For sure. Interesting. So truly, yeah. literally at up at midnight. Like, truly, quite, yeah, this midnight. is very fitting. We for can't us. we can't even go to bed until at least eleven thirty because we have to wait until all the everything comes. But don't you through. have dead zones like where people can't book, but no, no. <laughs> we so don't. they can book any time. They can book any time. They can book any time, which is intentional. And I think that's why our, that's why we've been able to grow with no marketing dollars, just because people are like, this is the best service ever. And it really is. Like what we offer is amazing. Like you can book at any time. You can say, I need it done right now. And sometimes it's Casey and I driving out to Salt Lake if no one else can do it. But we make it happen. And that's why I think, you know, it's been organic growth. They tell their friends, they're like, I had to have this done at 2 a.m. And someone showed up and did it for me. It's like it was Kaysen, but it happened. And we know that, you know, these other services that use these gig economy drivers, they offer these types of things. So we know once we grow, it'll be easier. But just right now and really solidifying it and building that reputation, we're just willing to do whatever it takes. We totally missed it. We totally should have booked an errand at the <laughs> while you were the episode, yes, we and then had that. it delivered like, <laughs> like drinks yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> we should have done it. that. Oh, would have been awesome. We would have tested Scott to see if he's really. Oh on yeah, it. yeah. He's really on it. I know, right? <laughs> you're you're on errand duty, and then we submit a request. And it's bringing an errand <laughs> yeah, to you guys. Scott's like, that okay, hello. That would have been funny. That would have been really funny. Yeah. Probably would have happened. I mean, maybe we would have had someone. I'm just on the website right now. Looking you are. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Claire, what about you? What is what is your mid night founder story yeah I mean I just think of times where you know like for example even a couple weeks ago I remember a customer booked and all of a sudden she's like where's my whatever like someone was supposed to come pick this up and we looked and nothing had come through on our end it was just a big technical error we looked on like our payment and the payment had gone through but no email came through that had never ever happened before so we're like, what in the world? And we felt so bad. So, you know, we went and refunded her. We gave her a big credit. It's just like damage control. She was super happy. We sent someone out immediately. But just things like that, where it's stuff that you can't control. It's like, you know, sometimes tech does its tech thing and doesn't work. And you just have to, yeah, you know, set out all the fires. So I, I can see the, this being a huge yeah. thing for gifts for people. Like yeah. they just give you like a $50 errand gift card mm-hmm. yes. for like, you know, hey, you had a new baby. Congratulations. Yeah. Here's a $50 earring gift card. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. And that's I one like of the that. campaigns we're actually going to run once the app launches is yeah. different credits that you can give to people 
yeah. to get your errands done. I just hearing about your credit, getting a credit, I was like, oh, they, they should totally capture yes. the gift Yeah, cards. absolutely. Awesome. No, I like that. Just like a gift card. Because we thought about doing a punch pass or something like that. But I like the idea of like, hey, here's a gift card. Like, this is 10 errands, essentially. Like, you know, don't lift a finger for the next two weeks. Or, or credits or long. whatever. I like that yeah. you said credits. Like, yeah. I think yeah. that's, that's cool. You have like $50 in credits or whatever, and they use it for whatever they want. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's cool. So do you, um, I mean, this is kind of exciting, right? Every day yeah. is a new adventure, right? <laughs> Have you, it is. a lot of folks that come on the, the show, they talk about their nightmares and their challenges with building an app and oh, you keep yeah. mentioning tech. Oh my word. Have you had some <laughs> scary experiences with that? With the app specifically, we've been really lucky. Um, one of our um, initial advisors, he owns a dev shop. So they've been amazing with the tech. I mean, it's been postponed a few times. We were hoping to have it by October. So now we're going to launch in November, which is pretty standard in the app development world, which I'm sure you guys know. But as far as the app goes, I think we'll be, you know, once it's in our hands and we're testing it, I'm sure we'll have many more stories for you. <laughs> but as far up to this point, it's been mainly website tech issues what would you say case yeah i would say that and then tech issues and then kind of jumping back to another nightmare story raising money <laughs> was oh, yeah, tough <laughs> like a lot it's of like people a full-time job it, but we're also running the company job. and then this and that. like it when really we, we had launched yeah. we were doing a couple hundred errands a month and then suddenly we're like hey we're gonna start raising and that was my full-time job i was talking with people every single day trying to set up lunches trying to find new angels meeting with vcs and suddenly our errands started to drop off and we're like, Oh my gosh. So our company's now dropping cause we're trying to raise money to, ex to help our company. I also hadn't excel. left my job at this point. So I was working a full time nine to five and then trying to do oh, yeah. this. Claire, and then Claire was working another job until mm -hmm. like two months ago Yeah, because True. I was doing this full time and we needed money somehow. So <laughs> she did that raising, but raising money was just hectic. You know, you're, you're, you're updating your pitch deck constantly. You're changing it depending on who you're pitching to. You, you're constantly getting torn apart because your idea sucks or you don't have enough validation. And then you get brought up and say, oh my gosh, I love this. Here's $50,000. And it's, it's just a roller coaster. You can get torn down and brought right back up within a day. And it, 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 takes, it takes a lot out of you. But it, it, it's been the most character building experience that I've gone through raising money and getting this feedback and constructive criticism from so many people because it just makes you realize that this isn't something that's easy, but it's something that's worth it. And not everybody can do it. They should do it because it, I, I don't know if I would learn, I wouldn't have learned everything that I have in these six months if, if we wouldn't have been doing that. And then meeting all these people and getting all these connections has been just amazing, you know? But it, it came with a lot of a lot of hard nights. Stress. And yes. stress. Yeah. <laughs> I think I would have stressed just as much going to OCHEM. I think that's Oh my sounds, gosh. Or that yeah. sounds hard. That's Amen. me too. I was like, I would do this I ten times over yeah. rather than do OCHEM. Yeah, that was miserable. <laughs> yeah, that sounds one of the worst. That sounds brutal. Good call, JK. Yeah. 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 So much. I'd yeah. rather be up at midnight like Same. driving something to somebody's house than trying than to trying take an to OCHEM learn test. OCHEM. Yes. Yeah. Managing this this slew of texts. You know? I, I completely agree now after experiencing both. Yes, one hundred percent. Oh, that's funny. Well, uh, <clears throat> I guess one thing uh, that we usually 
would like to connect our listeners to you. So how do they yeah. find you? I know the app's coming out, but right now it's just the website. So it's, is it goerin.com? Yep. Yes. Goerin.com. Instagram is at go.errand and TikTok. We're trying to build that up. It's just goerin.com. So if you search Go Errands on pretty much any platform, you'll find us. We're LinkedIn. working on that SEO. LinkedIn, same. LinkedIn as well. Same yes. thing. Yeah. Very cool. Well, we're excited for the uh, the cool adventure you guys are on. And, and uh, sounds like the trajectory is just uh, up and to the right, which is where we want it, right? Yep. That's Definitely. what we're going for. Yeah, we hope so. We'll we appreciate it. you guys. Yeah. What a cool story. Well, thanks for being with us on the Midnight Founders podcast. We'll follow your progress and uh, we'll follow what you're doing online. Cool. Thanks, Thank you guys Appreciate so much. Take care. See ya. The Midnight Founders Podcast is a podcast about entrepreneurship that is hosted by CB Vault and Rev Road. CB Vault is the entrepreneur arm of Central Bank. And Rev Road is a venture services firm where companies come to grow. Thanks for listening to us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, wherever you uh, listen to your podcasts. This is AJ and Jake signing out.